0: Uh, Tim's kicking off our new series, um, One Another. Um, Can I pray for you, Tim? Please (laughs) do. Yeah. yeah. Lord God, um, thank you so much for the preparation that Tim has put in as he's prepared this talk um, and the word that he'll be sharing from you with us. Lord, soften our hearts. Would we be um, appropriately challenged and encouraged and inspired through what you have to say through Tim this morning? God bless him. Amen. Amen. After you speak, Tim could you hand over to the communion people, please? To the communion people, certainly that will, yes. Thanks. They know who they are. Um, wonderful, well, actually, yes, kind of you, you, you're fortunate in that we're not talking about death this morning, we're talking about love, which kind of sounds a bit more cheerful, doesn't it? Um, so uh, we're starting at the new series, that um, looking at, uh, at one another. And uh, I suppose we've just celebrated Easter. Good Friday and Easter, and in some ways that celebration of Easter um, and the new life that Jesus brings to us, the, the, the forgiveness, uh, the reconnection with God, the fact that life has, for anyone who believes in Jesus, uh, life is turned upside down, inside out, right way up, uh, and we can sometimes though feel that um, is Christianity, is following Jesus an individual pursuit or is it a corporate something? And we live in a world that's very individualistic. It's kind of very, it says, well, whatever, kind of you do you and I'll do me and uh, kind of uh, you find your truth, I'll find my truth. And, and sometimes actually we can f- even find that the good news of Jesus, we say, actually, we'll take it for myself. I, I, I want my shame to be removed. I want my guilt to be taken away. I want to ha- my experience to be connected with, with God and to know his love and to know that my identity in him is a child of God. And, and, and actually we can become quite individualistic within our faith we can come to sundays because what well, we can get out of being here on Sundays. and um well there's something about the bible that is about kind of it is corporate it's about one another so we're going to do a series at high grove over the next few weeks looking at one another what's it mean not just to be an individual who benefits from all that jesus won on the cross but what does it mean to be a community that expresses something of the life that jesus won on the cross actually kind of actually the bible has lots of times where it talks about this phrase one another it talks about this phrase one another because there's something about we need to be looking out for uh, uh, appreciating at uh, working with uh, one another here's some of the verses that um, uh, are in the in the bible be devoted to one another um, in brotherly love honor one another above yourselves live in harmony with one another uh, Romans 14, uh, 13, therefore let us stop passing judgment on one another. Instead, make up your mind to put, not to put a stumbling block or obstacle in your brother's way. Actually, there's, there's, there's things about how, how, we, how we love for one another. Um, accept one another, just as Christ accepted you in order to bring praise to God. Greet one another with a holy kiss. There we go. I don't know whether you do that at High Grove. Kind of uh, some kind of asked me, what's the difference between a holy kiss and an unholy kiss? It's about 30 seconds. Um, Anyway, uh, you, my brothers, were called to be free. Do not use your freedom to indulge the sinful nature. Rather, serve one another in love. Submit to one another out of reverence for Christ. Thessalonians says this, Therefore encourage one another, build one another up, just as in fact you are doing. Hebrews 10, verse 24. Let us consider how uh, how we may spur one another on towards love and good deeds. James four eleven, brothers, do not slander one another. One Peter three, verse eight. Finally, all of you live in harmony with one another, be sympathetic, love as brothers and sisters, be compassionate and humble. I mean that, that we, we we look through the New Testament writings and actually there's something about being a Christian, a follower of Jesus, that isn't about just me and, and God, me and Jesus, me and the Holy Spirit. Actually there's something about one another. How do we understand what it means truly to be a community of believers? And what's that look like for Highgrove Church in C. Mills, not just on Sundays as we meet here, but, but during the week? What's it mean for us to look out for one another? Actually, uh, this, we're kicking off the series, we're looking at, I suppose, uh, kind of just really broadly, what's it mean to love one another? To love one another. I mean, if you look around the room just now and think, actually, do we Do we love one another? I mean, there's some people you look around and think, oh, yeah, they're great, love them. And thinking, ah, mm, who's that? Kind of <laughs> well, I'm not quite sure. And, and actually, we're, we're called to love one another. That's, that's the deal. When we find Jesus for ourselves, when we find his resurrection life, actually part of the deal is we know that love from God, but we should, therefore, practically, in our attitudes, in our time, in our money, in our energies, in our gifts and skills, actually we should be looking at and loving one another. Um, when somebody asked Jesus once, "What was the most important command? Uh, What's the most important thing to do in life?" Uh, Jesus replies this in Mark uh, twelve, verse thirty: uh, "Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind, and with all your strength." Actually, the second is this: "Love your neighbours as yourself." There is no greater command than these. Actually, right from the start, God always intended that uh, the way He created humanity was not just that we individually connect with God, love the Lord our God with all our hearts, soul, mind, and strength. But actually, we should be loving our neighbours as ourselves. Actually, that was always something that was on His mind. Is that it was kind of it's not just an individual pursuit, finding God. It's a corporate thing. We love God and we love one another. In fact, Jesus, uh, in John 13, which are our verses for, for this morning, he says this, A new command I give you, love one another as I have loved you, so you must love one another. By this, everyone know will know that you are my disciples, if you love one another. Actually, that's, that's the command of Jesus, is that we are to, as he has loved us, Actually, we don't just benefit and enjoy uh, his love for us, but actually it should mean he loves us and therefore we love other people. When Paul, one of those first followers of Jesus, tried to understand how, how this was always God's intention, how even in the way that God gave the commands and the laws in the Old Testament, actually there was always kind of there was laws and commands about how worship should happen, how sacrifice for wrongdoing should be made. But actually, there was always kind of things that were said. Here's how a community should operate where there should be love for one another. Um, uh, So Paul in Romans 13 uh, says this. Let no debt remain outstanding except the continuing debt to love one another. For whoever loves others has fulfilled the law, the old law that was there to show people how God intended us to live. Actually, when we love one another, we actually fulfill that law. He says this, the commandments, you shall not commit adultery, you shall not murder, you shall not steal, you shall not covet, or whatever other commandments there may be, are summed up in this one command, love your neighbor as yourself. And I don't know how you respond to that. To think, ah, oh, Oh, here's one more thing I've got to do. I've come to I've come to church this morning, and I'm going to be made to feel guilty. And Tim's going to tell me how we should be loving one another, and, and, and I've got to put, I've got to find a little bit more time, a little bit more energy, a little bit more kind of stuff. And, I, and I'm feeling just maybe some people still feeling. Uh, a bit of exhaustion, a bit of kind of, uh, the kind of kind of COVID pandemic. I think some people are sort of surfacing from it. Actually, some people are still fi- finding energy levels, resources, resilience, uh, kind of s- for some reason still a bit low. And, and now I come to church, I want to be encouraged and I'm, I'm being told, I've got to love people now. I think the deal is that when we're told to love one another, actually love is, it's a Jesus thing. Actually, it's not about kind of stir up something within you, within your own humanness, to to, to find a little bit more tenderness, a little bit more compassion. Actually, it is when we encounter Jesus, we encounter love. Actually, when we encounter his love, actually, there's a hidden resource that enables us to love other people. Actually, it enables us to love other people who are different to us. It enables us to love people who are slightly tricky. And I'm sure there's nobody who's tricky here at Highgrove. But actually, I've known some people in my church experiences that kind of, actually, when we talk about love, love isn't just an extra kind of thing we need to kind of somehow muscle up. Actually, it is something that Jesus predominantly has shown us. This is how we know what love is. Jesus Christ laid down his life. And we ought to lay down our lives for our brothers and sisters. I think the, re- the reality is that when we encounter Jesus, we do encounter love that's for us. But we encounter a resource of love that enables us to love other people, enables us to see in them something of, of the way that God's at work, something of the way God's created them. Actually, it opens our eyes rather than just being self-centered and, and just concerned with our own sense of well-being. Actually, oh, when, when we've truly encountered the love that is in Jesus, this is how we know what love is, that Jesus laid down his life And there's a resource and a reserve of love for us to enjoy, for us to receive, for us to kind of be filled up with. And actually, when we're filled up with that love, of course, then we should be sacrificially laying down our lives to one another. I mean, I wonder what Heidegger would look like if everyone decided that they're going to lay down their lives to one another. Actually, you might just think, well, I've, I've only got a little bit to give. If, if I was to give up just the little bit of energy I've got, I'm going, to be the, I'm going to be the loser. But what if everybody in the room decided to look out for one another? What if everyone... And, and you said, well, I, what I've got, I'm going, to, I'm going to do just my little bit to show somebody a little bit of compassion, to, to, to talk to somebody who looks as though they're a little bit down on a Sunday morning, actually to, to visit someone who I've noticed has not been around at church for a while, actually to take the time to cook a, an extra meal for somebody who, when I know they're going through a bit of, bit of difficult time. Actually, if we take our little bit and we sacrificially give, but then there's, I don't know how many people in the room here, 60 or 70 people? And actually, if they're all choosing to love as well, actually maybe you might be the recipient of their love. And actually, there's, there's one of you, but there might be 60 other people. Actually, in some ways we think, oh, I'm not sure if I've got enough to, to be able to give. But actually, if, if everyone freely loved one another, actually, you'd probably find there's more than enough for you as well. But sometimes the more we can feel reserved, the more that we can hold back, the more we say, I'm feeling kind of slightly down, slightly impoverished, slightly kind of uh, not very resilient, Uh, I'm not going to give. And if everyone decides not to do that, actually we won't see a community where we're loving one another. And I think there's something inspiring about a community that chooses sacrificially to follow the way of Jesus. To know what it is to be loved by him and then to share that love with other people. In a moment or two, we're going to take communion, and communion is a time where we're reminded. We're reminded of a love that is eternal. We're reminded of a love that is sacrificial. We're reminded of a love that took Jesus to the cross for us. We're reminded, actually, the reason that he, Jesus tells us to take communion regularly is that actually we regularly need to be reminded that we are loved, that we are forgiven that there was a sacrifice for us. But in that reminder, we should be reminded that we are to love, not just receive the love, but to love, to love those around about us. I mean, what practically does that look like? What, what when, when it says love one another, doesn't mean you've got to have sort of a warm fuzzy feeling every time you come into into high grave you've got to have this oh these people aren't they so lovely so i'm i love them is is it is it is it an emotional response because sometimes maybe you don't feel actually when when the bible talks about love it's always about action rather than emotion i mean this is what love is that jesus gave his life for us it was an action Now, there was a motivation behind that. There maybe was a a feeling towards somebody. But actually, when Paul uh, in Corinthians talks about love, actually, love is defined with um, actions. Love is patient. Love is kind. Love one another. I mean, is there anybody particularly at church that annoys you? (laughs) Maybe if you're going to love one another, love is patient. Love is kind. You may think, "Oh, kind of, they got my nerves. Kind of, and uh, kind of, or they've uh, upset me. Kind of, I'll have a little go at them." say so actually, no. Lo- love is love is kind. What does it mean to be genuinely kind to, to one another? Love does not envy. Envy is something that looks at other people and wishes that I could be like them or I had what they had. And what it does is it pushes people apart rather than draws people together. It separates us. Again, if you look around and you're feeling at all envious of, of, of anybody or anybody that gets a chance to do things at the front and you never got, had that chance and, or maybe kind of you look at their life and you think, well, it seems to be that God answers their prayers and God doesn't answer my prayers. And, and if we can be envious of people, it separates. Love doesn't envy It rejoices with those who rejoice, it mourns with those who mourn. Actually, there's something about love that that rather than envying, actually, you should be rejoicing for people who see things happen, maybe that you're not seeing happening. Love does not boast, it's not proud. Again, I'm not sure whether, um, again, to bolster our own sense of self-worth, self-esteem. Sometimes we can tell a little story just to make ourselves look a little bit better than we are, or kind of we drop a few things in. And but love doesn't boast. Love doesn't have to kind of build ourselves up. Actually, love is just reliant on who we are. Knowing that love doesn't doesn't boast. It, uh, it's um it's not proud. It doesn't dishonor others. It's not self-seeking. Actually, self-seeking is just it's part of our culture, isn't it? But love isn't self-seeking. It's not saying, "What am I going to get? There? I've got my rights, and I've got my this or that, or that. I'm going to insist that I get what I deserve." And kind of, love isn't self-seeking. Love is not easily angered. That's an interesting one, as well, isn't it? If there's if there's somebody who particularly gets on your nerves, <laughs> and it's just somehow personality clash, kind of, uh, is that a thing, or is it just an An excuse (laughs) for not... (laughs) It could be a thing. Uh, but, But love can be bigger than that. Actually, love should go beyond a personality clash. Actually, love shouldn't be easily angered. It doesn't keep a record of wrongs. Love doesn't delight in evil, but rejoices in the truth. It always protects, always trusts, always hopes, always perseveres. Love never fails. And as we read those words, actually, that's the real challenge. What does it mean to be a community here at Highgrove? A community of Jesus that knows something of the resource of Jesus in our lives and the resource of Jesus working through our lives. And for me, I've been in church fellowships where I've definitely known what it is to, to love one another, to put one another first, to be able to say genuinely, I've got your interests above my interests. And, and do you know what? It's just a wonderful place to belong. It's a wonderful place. Actually, that's community as God always intended. He always intended us to be secure in God's love, but also secure in the love of a community, the love of a church fellowship roundabout. about. But that does take both a commitment to choose, which is why it's a command, love one another. It doesn't happen naturally. And I wonder this morning whether, as we start this uh, series of whether, maybe there's a choice for you to make, a choice being part of Highgrove Church here. A choice to say, am I going to just be come along as an attender or a participant, or actually is there something about what God's dream and vision is for Highgrove Church, is that it's a community where you genuinely, truly love one another? where you're patient, where you're kind, where you don't boast, where you're not proud, where you're not self-seeking, where you're not easily angered, where you don't delight in evil. It's, it's It's a place where you protect one another, you trust one another, you have hopes for one another, you persevere, and you don't fail in your commitment and love to each other. Actually, that would be an amazing community. In some ways, there's a choice this morning to make. Do I want to make my own choice, my own contribution towards this community? And the second thing is there's a resource, and that resource is in Jesus. It's not just being a nicer person, digging a little bit deeper. Actually it's saying, Jesus, can I know the overwhelming sense of your love for me that I can't help but love my brothers and sisters, people who you love too, you died for too. When Jesus says that we're to love one another, is it just so that we get the most out of life? Is it just so that life becomes easy for us? Actually, I'm not sure if you noticed in those words in, in uh, John 13, it, it, where, where Jesus says this, I want you to love one another uh, so that the world might know that you are my disciples. Actually, loving one another is not kind of, it, it's about how... We demonstrate to the world across our differences, across our challenges, how we demonstrate to a world this is. There's a different way of living. I can remember a, a time when um, Bev and I went on a little mission trip to to Cyprus, and uh, we heard a story about uh, a church there that. that uh, had learned what it is to love one another, actually in political and religious differences. Actually, the people quite often working in the Middle East would be in Cyprus. Uh, and obviously in Cyprus, there was a, a north-south divide with the Turkish Cypriots and the Greek Cypriots. If you know the history, the, the Turks invaded uh, northern Cyprus. There was a war, people were killed, kind of farms and houses were taken over. People fled to the south part of, of Cyprus. And, and there was this real kind of hatred between uh, Turks and Greeks Uh, and really tangible as he came into the airport. This was 35 years ago, a big banner saying, don't never forget 1974. Big dagger through Cyprus, blood flowing from it. And there was real hostility between uh, Greek Cypriots and Turkish Cypriots because the Turks were the aggressors who came in. And in, uh, there was this, uh, it, when we talked to the church leader, they're saying a story of a little kind of post-alpha group uh, where people had become Christians, they found Jesus. And it was the first time they met. And they were going around the, the, the group, and they were introducing themselves. And one of the first people says, hello, my name's so-and-so. I used to live in the north of Cyprus when the Turks invaded. Um, and my father was killed. My brother was killed. Uh, we lost everything. My mother and myself, we had to flee to the south of the country. And um, he says, but I found I found Jesus, and in finding Jesus, I found everything. And they carried on going around the, the room and, and came to this, this man and he said, oh, my name's so-and-so, uh, I'm actually uh, Turkish. And before we had the chance to complete this story, this man who had lost everything got up, walked across the room and gave him a hug and said, we are one in Christ Jesus. And there's something about loving one another that demonstrates to the world that says, you should hate one another, you're Turkish, you're Greek Cypriot, you're black, you're white, you're male, you're female, you're upper class, you're middle class, you're working class, kind of, you're educated, you're employed, you're unemployed. Actually, there's things about society that should, should say we should separate from one another. You should be suspicious of that person. But actually, the wisdom of God, the love of God's made note in the church to the principalities and powers, actually, the world might know that you are one. And there's something about working with our differences, loving across those barriers that society might set up to set us apart. Actually, there's something about the church that should demonstrate to the world. Actually, people know that you're my disciples. Why? Because you love one another. Because you're so different, and yet somehow I come on a Sunday here, or I, or I see you the way that you're on the, talking to another on the school gate, or the workplace, wherever it is, and there's something that's different about you. Why? Because you're loving one another. It's not because you've got a religious code you're following, you've got a label and a badge that you wear. Actually, there's something about the way that you love. You love one another. Actually, love is not just uh, a loving community. It's not just for our benefit, that we can kind of just somehow look out for one another, keep an eye out in this kind of hostile world to protect one another. Actually, no, love is something that's supposed to be sharing, demonstrating, displaying to a world maybe that's lost touch with what true sacrificial love is really like so as we finish as we come to communion i just wanted to pray as we start the series together and to pray that we would make our choices make our choices to say will we love one another will we love across the Somehow, some of the boundaries that we feel, people that we don't necessarily get on very well, actually people that we haven't even taken the time to find their name or get to know, actually, could this be a community where we love one another from the heart? And could we know that resource? It's not just a little bit extra energy I've got to conjure up from somewhere, but there's a resource of Jesus' love that we can know. Let's pray. And just as we pray, I want to pray, first of all, that we would know the love of Jesus, this is how, we, this is how love is defined. That Jesus gave his life as a ransom for us. As we come and take communion, I pray this morning our hearts will be touched once again by the fact that we're loved. We're loved eternally. We're received, we're known, we're valued, we're treasured as we take this bread and take this cup we'd, again, something in our hearts again would be just that warmth of knowing what it is to be loved by you our identity is found in you all our wrongdoing and our sin is cleansed and taken away because of you and people that need to know again this morning that fresh touch of your love I pray they would do that, they'd find that this morning but also I also pray that we make our choices make our choices to love one another The High Grove Church would be known in the communities as a community of people who truly love one another. Where that's hard, where it's tricky, where there's the clashes, where there's the people that kind of, um, yeah, things have gone wrong, I pray that we'd find a love in you that enables us to love one another. In Jesus' name I pray, amen.